Hello, Tallahassee. This is the Gospel on the Radio Talk Show. I'm Pastor Jack King. I am your host, and I am delighted to be with you on a Sunday morning, 6 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> We're getting used to it. And uh, I know a lot of folks... Uh, you maybe had never heard the show before because we were on at 7 o'clock for well, about 12 years. But uh, we are a show that talks about dreams and visions and a church triumphant, alive and well. We talk about the church and uh, all that God is doing in his glorious kingdom. And uh, today is show number 992. Now, if my math is correct, that means we're only eight shows away from 1,000. <laughs> That's over about uh, 18, uh, yeah, about 18 years of doing this broadcast. And, of course, uh, normally I have guests in the studio and we interview people. And I've interviewed people from just about every perspective of Christian ministry that you can think of. But there's a possibility that I've missed one or two, and maybe that's you. And I would encourage you to give me a call and let's get you on the broadcast and let's talk about your passion. What is it that you are passionate about when it comes to ministry? 5671703. That's a number to call. We'll set up a time to pre record the show. And uh, it'll be a blessing. We need to tell Tallahassee in the Big Bend area of Florida, people on the Internet, what you're doing, what God is using you for. And as I say, your passion for ministry. Five six seven one seven zero three. We have a few rules on this show. We don't talk sports, politics, doctrine, none of that. But we do always speak well of one another. And I've had those same four rules all along the way. And it's worked very, very well. Now, today, as I normally do, uh, this is a show about America. And it's also a show about choices. And it's a show about the church's perspective of the future. Now, I am a pastor, and uh, my perspective of life is from the perspective of a person who has served the Lord in ministry for, well, getting close to 50 years at least, and uh, pastored the same church here in Tallahassee now for 42 years. My life is uh, centered around the church. Basically, you can uh, narrow it down for me, church and family. That pretty much does it. I, I am a businessman. I, I go to work every day. But uh, my life centers around my faith. And, uh, of course, uh, because of my faith, <laughs> God has blessed me in so many, many ways. And my family is much of that blessing. So, as we approach the show today, that's always our approach we approach it from the perspective of the church. Now, that gets to be kind of interesting because I could bring in uh, a whole bunch of pastors and a whole bunch of 
parishioners and deacons and elders and and tell them, give me your perspective of the church, and it would go in so many different directions. <laughs> so we'll just take it from my perspective, and that kind of narrows it down, because I'm the one that's here behind this radio microphone. And my perspective of the church and of the kingdom of God really hasn't changed a whole lot. <laughs> I, I was raised in church. That's just all I know. My mother uh, was invited to go to the Sunrise Christian Church in Sunrise, Kentucky, when I was about two years of age. And as a result of that, I grew up in that little rural church. And it uh, brought a lot of my perspective of life and faith. And uh, as I have moved on in life and went to Bible college and all of these things have helped me to formulate my belief and my perspective. And now, today is the Sunday before Election Day. Now, I know that things have changed since I first voted. Uh, now we have early voting. A lot of people, by the time you hear this broadcast today, have already voted. You've already cast your vote. And the thing is that I'm not necessarily here to uh, make you change your vote one way or the other because, you see, the thing is, is I don't talk politics and uh, I don't endorse anybody. And you'll not hear me mention any candidates or anything of that nature because that's not what I do. I speak from the perspective as I see it as a Christian person who still believes that America is a Christian country. And I know that amazes me that that's even controversial nowadays, but it is. But I still believe that the founding of our country was based upon Christian Judeo principles that has served us very, very well over these 200 plus years that we've been a nation. And uh, my hope and my prayer is that as we have it on our coinage, in God we trust that that would never change. But I am a realist. I am not blind. I do live in this society. I see and I do have a perspective of how times have changed, but uh, that does not mean that I have to change with them. <laughs> now, some people would say, well, Pastor King, uh, what kind of a person are you? And I would just simply say this, I'm just a man of faith. I'm a man that believes in God, and I believe in the Bible. And the Bible is the foundational book and teachings and principles of my life. I am a follower of Jesus Christ. And uh, I adhere to his teachings. And he is my Lord and my Savior. And so that pretty much gives you the perspective as I see the things in the church. Now, as I said, 
Tuesday is election day. And if you haven't already voted, you'll go to the polls and see I'm a I'm a traditionalist. As you might have I've already figured that out. I will go to the polls to my precinct on Tuesday and I will cast my vote as I see it from my perspective and the candidates that I would choose for uh, president, vice president, uh, Senate, Congress, local elections. I'll vote on all of them. And uh, I will go uh, prepared. In other words, I will study and I will make up my mind and I will choose candidates that I believe from my perspective are the best choices to lead us for the next four or two or six years, whatever it may be. And I will make my decisions based upon my perspective of faith. I talked about here a couple weeks ago, or I was talking about the Supreme Court. And, uh, well, we've talked about the uh, new justice who was uh, being going through the confirmation process and uh, and she has now been appointed, Amy Comey, uh, Coney Barrett. And, um, well, I'm just uh, of a mind to just pray for her. Father God, I pray that you would help this uh, uh, new justice, Father God, in, in her adjustment period. Lord, that you'd give her wisdom. And God, I thank you, Father, for your ability to speak to all of us. And I pray, Father God, that you would give her the wisdom of Solomon. And I thank you, and I praise you, in Jesus' name, amen. And uh, like I say, I, I talked about the Supreme Court because I felt like that, uh, well, we needed to just have information and such. But now... We are, like I say, we're just uh, just right here at the, at the verge of the of this election that's been uh, contested. And the, the last show that I did uh, last week, we had Brother Terrell Todd, who was a wonderful guest on the show. I enjoyed having him in the studio so much. Uh, former pastor of Evangelist Assembly of God. Uh, that show is now on the podcast. Show number nine hundred and ninety one. If you want to go find it, just type in Pastor Jack King, Tallahassee, and you'll see all the podcasts, the daily broadcast, and the talk show listed there. And you can go listen to that interview. It was very, very good. But uh, I talked about presidential elections. And uh, uh, because people say, oh, there's never been one like this. I said, oh, you, if you think that, then, then you don't know your history. Because there have been some doozies and but anyway the the very very highly contested this is a very high prize i mean literally having the position of one of the most important men of power a man or a woman <laughs> uh, in all the world so yes you know it's going to be highly contested and this election certainly is Highly contested and a lot of tension because of the prize that's that's before us. But the thing is, from the 
church's perspective, my mind goes to uh, the study of the book of First and Second Chronicles. If you've never read it, you've never studied it, I would encourage you to do so because it gives such perspectives of a nation that would have great moments of success when they would just be blessed beyond measure because of their perspective toward God and their desire to uh, follow after God. But when that would change, and of course, uh, uh, when you look at the the history of Israel and uh, how that after the uh, reign of King Solomon and then the, his son Rehoboam became the king and the nation split, and the ten tribes, they eventually went off into obscurity to be lost. We don't even know what happened to them. And then you read the story in the, in the Chronicles about the kings of Judah. And uh, it's so sad. I mean, you read how that, that God would, would bless a man like Jehoshaphat, even though he had some strange habits of wanting to, to uh, mess around over in the northern kingdom where they have and, and uh, hard to imagine. But anyway, God blessed Israel during his time. God blessed Israel during the uh, time of Hezekiah. God blessed them immensely during the days of Josiah. And of course, King David and Solomon. But when there would be kings who would be raised up, who would begin to worship false gods and lead the country into idolatry, then oppression would come. And it's, it's so clear when you, when you read it. It's just so clear. And so you look at the things that affect a nation and God. And uh, one of the things that, that fascinates me whenever I read in the Revelation and some of the uh, prophetic words talks about the nations, even, even in the, I'm talking about in the eternal realm. It talks about the nations. It talks about how the nations will come before God to be judged. I'm, I'm just fascinated about that, and I, and I don't understand all of it, but I, I'm intrigued by it. The nations, it talks about how the nations will come, and it, it, it raises questions in my mind about what will heaven really be like? And uh, are the nations uh, vanquished in heaven or do they still exist? I mean, questions. But the thing is, the relationship of the nation of Israel and their relationship with the true and the living God and, and people who really sought to worship God and have a relationship with God, it led directly toward their safety and their security and their prosperity. And so I, uh, <laughs> I cannot just, I can't get it out of my mind to think, well, okay, I want to know 
that as a nation that we have a relationship with what I would say the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And again, see, I'm being controversial here, which just absolutely amazes me because I have not really changed much at all in my in my lifetime, the way I was raised. People would say that I'm some kind of a radical. But I said, no, I'm not a radical. This is the way I've always been taught, the way I've been raised. This is my perspective. It's always been this way. But you see how, as a nation, we've drifted. Now, I remember in the last election, uh, I would hear people say on the radio and different things, says, look, I'm not looking to hire a preacher. I'm looking to hire a president. And I I thought about that. And I and I would say, yeah, that's 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 right. Because a, a president is not the preacher. But yet <laughs> it's amazing. Again, I'm taking you back to our study of the nation of Israel and the Chronicles. How that if that king who led the people did not have a correct perspective of God, that nation suffered as a result of it. Now, on uh, Wednesday nights on the internet, um, we are I'm teaching the book of First Samuel, and uh, uh, just did uh, chapter eleven and chapter twelve of First Samuel. And if you've ever Study that. This is Saul during the the reign of Saul, and I, I would refer to him as being the reluctant king because he was just happy go looking, uh, happy go lucky. Uh, he was with his servant out looking for donkeys for his dad. The donkeys had run off, and and he was sent on this mission to go find donkeys, and before. He gets back. He's been anointed king of Israel by Samuel. <laughs> he didn't even know what hit him. And when they finally did the, uh, uh, what they call it, the Urim and Thurim, where they cast lots to determine who the king was going to be, and they said, well, where is he? When they finally determined that it was Saul of the, of the family of Kish, they said, well, where is the king? And he's over there, as he said, hiding behind the stuff, uh, the, the manure pile. He's head and shoulders above every other man in Israel, and he's trying to hide because he really doesn't want to face up to this whole thing of being king. But here's the thing. Samuel gives them a warning. This is after uh, there was a, an issue with the men of Jabesh Gilead who had been attacked or were, or were about to be attacked by the Ammonites, uh, King uh, Nashish. And uh, they said, well, give us 10 days to decide whether we want to surrender to you because Nashi's king of the Ammonites has said, if we make a truce with you, we're going to punch out your right eye. So they said, well, let's see if anybody will deliver. Well, the word came to Saul and the word of God says that the spirit of God came upon Saul and he raised an army of 330,000 men to go fight against the Ammonites. And after that battle was over, all of a sudden, all the people of Israel that had been reluctant about their new king, all of a sudden they said, 
you know, they wanted to proclaim him as king, so they took him to Gilead or, or to Gilgal, which is a, called the place of new beginnings, and they anointed him king there. Samuel made a speech, and he talked about, he said, you have rejected God by wanting a king. But he says, if you begin to fall away from God, he says, I will destroy both you and your king. And that was the word from the seer, the man of God. So, no, I'm, I said, no, I don't, I don't want a president to be a preacher, but I want to know if he can hear from heaven. Because you see, I've read about the presidents when a nation is on the brink of war and the struggle that this person will go through realizing that he's about to sacrifice some of our finest young people on the battlefield. And uh, I want to know, can this person hear from God before those kind of decisions are made and decisions that affect all of our lives? So that's why I'm talking about this today from the perspective of the church, from a Christian person. I want to know, (laughs) does this person know how to get a hold of God? Because, see, that job becomes very, very lonely in times like this. Because in our country, in our system, if you are the president, you're also the uh, commander-in-chief. In In, uh, the days of Israel, you'd be called the captain of the host. And uh, you'd have a very, very difficult uh, time, times, (laughs) if you don't know how to hear from God. So, well, here's the thing. I said this uh, when I was talking about the presidents and the Supreme Court. I said, what the church has to do is what we do best, and that's know how to pray. When I was talking about the uh, the book of Chronicles, First, Second Chronicles, it talks about the nation of Israel and the the ups and the downs and the upheavals. And uh, it just makes you so sad when you read about what happens. But I read um, the other day, and this is during the, the reign of a king named Manasseh. And Manasseh was the son of Hezekiah, which is sad in itself because Hezekiah was such a, a wonderful king. But his son Manasseh reigned in Judah for 55 years. And the first 25 years was, it was bloody. And uh, it said that blood flowed in the streets of Jerusalem. And he was captured. And uh, during the time of his captivity, he came to a new perspective of God and he changed and God restored him as king, but he could not reverse what he had done during those 25 years and uh, the destruction, and God could not ignore. And it, it led to the eventual captivity by Babylon and them being conquered by the nation of Babylon. But what I read 
that made me so sad was it it said that Israel had defiled itself even greater than the nations that had been cast out when God brought the children of Israel into the promised land. If you if you read back in the uh, Genesis where God took Abraham, the, the, the father of faith, and he took him up on a mountain so that he could look out across the plains. And he told Abraham, he says, your descendants are going to cover this land. He says, but not yet. And this is what he said. He says, the cup of the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet full. Meaning simply this. He said, they had not yet defiled themselves to the place that God would spew them out of the land. And now he was saying to Israel, he said, you have defiled yourself worse than the nations that I expelled out of the land. But I want to tell you what brought the greatest damage to the relationship between Israel and Father God. And it was a practice that Israel had uh, picked up and started doing as he saw other nations do, such as the Moabites. It was described as being passing through the fire. And you read this in the Chronicles and even in the Kings, it talks about that God uh, would discipline or deal with the nation because of this terrible practice of passing the children through the fire. And basically what this was, was the sacrificing of children. Well, the thing is, our practice here in America is so severe. This whole thing of passing our children through the fire, through this horrible practice of abortion, it just astounds me that we've become so callous about it. And there would be people who even now, uh, the wrong person hears this broadcast and all of a sudden I'm controversial. And all I'm simply saying is that Jesus said, I come to give you life and life more abundant. And God is all about life. He's about life and the living. You are tuned to the gospel on the radio talk show. I'm Pastor Jack King. i just happy to be with you on a beautiful Sunday morning, just blessing God and giving him all the glory and praise. And I am the pastor of Freedom Road Christian Ministry. We are located at 720 Capital Circle Northeast in the Crescent Park Plaza. We are right across the road from the federal prison. That kind of gives you a landmark there if you're between uh, we're between Easterwood Drive and Park Avenue. So if you're heading toward Park Avenue, we'd be on the right-hand side of the road. We're a storefront church, and uh, well, we love the Lord, love visitors, uh, love the worship God, 
love the word. I love just preaching the word. <laughs> I'm a word preacher. And I'm a Bible preacher. That's what you ask my wife. She said, well, describe your husband's preacher. She said, he's a Bible preacher because I stay close to the word. But I'd love to have you come. Visit with us. Bring the family. 1105. We can, you can go to frcm.us. That's the website. And find out all about us at Freedom Road Christian Ministry. I also do a show on Saturday nights. On 94.1 on your radio dial. It's called the Saturday Night Gospel Sing. It's a full hour of great Southern gospel music. Music going to just uh, minister to your heart and soul. I love it. <laughs> and I enjoy doing that show as well. And then uh, Monday through Friday, I do a daily broadcast. It's a teaching of the Word of God. You can find that on 94.1 as well. As I said, both the daily broadcast and the talk shows, you can find them on the podcast. They're out there. You can, uh, boy, there's a whole bunch of them. If you're on a trip someplace, just plug your, your phone in and I'll, I'll get you to wherever you're going. <laughs> I assure you, I got enough content in, in those podcasts or the daily broadcast. I'll get you to wherever you go. If you're going to California, I got enough to keep you occupied all the way there. And so enjoy the podcast. And uh, don't forget to tune in every uh, Sunday morning here on WTSM 97.9. We appreciate these folks so much for bringing us here and allowing me to speak to you. Let me remind you that uh, I'm always looking for guests on the show. Love to have you. If you're a pastor, preacher, missionary, you're involved in Christian ministry in some capacity, give me a call. Let's get you on the show. We pre-record, so don't worry about missing a Sunday morning if you're a pastor. And uh, we'll just have a great time. And the, the thing is that I meet people most of the time for the fir- very first time, and they're a little they're leery of me. People are suspicious about what I'm up to, but the time you leave here, we'll be friends. That's just the way it is, and uh, you'll enjoy talking about what God's doing in your life and your ministry. So five six seven one seven zero three, and also let me just mention uh, Robin Feesmeyer. He's been uh, he's helped me to do this show. He started with me back in two thousand two. He does uh, heating and air conditioning. He's good at what he does, and. Uh, he loves the Lord at five six seven one seven zero three. You need to get the old unit refixed or get a new one. He can help you with all of that. Triple uh, A heating and air five six seven one seven. No, that's my phone number. <laughs> um, anyway, Triple A heating and air eight nine three nine five six six. That'll work a whole lot better. Uh, do you remember? A few elections back when the uh, they're saying, uh, it's the economy, stupid. <laughs> if you're old, 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 old enough like I am, I'm losing my words there, you'll remember that. It's the economy, stupid. And the thing is, is that, uh, well, the economy is very, very important. I've lived through some good ones and I've lived through some bad ones. And I've been in business in most of them. And I know I know when the economy's bad. It's bad for business, and if you're trying to make a living, uh, it's it's difficult. But the thing is, uh, as I look at the perspective, again, I'm looking from the perspective as a Christian person, 
and uh, the church. And I'm thinking, as a church, we have to manage our debt. In other words, just because we're a church, we can't say, well, we can't pay that bill. No, we have to budget accordingly. If we don't have as much income coming in, then we have to cut back. And I've done that. I've taken pay cuts because <laughs> you say, well, when you get down to where you done cut everything else, what else is left? Well, you got to cut the preacher's salary. I don't recommend that, and I'm not in favor of that, but I've done it because I'm not going to allow the church to to get into debt. And that's that's the way I pastor. I'm just I'm uh, my wife and I personally do not borrow money. We don't we don't do debt, and so I'm not going to be a hypocrite about it. Say, so, well, I'll, I'll do it for the church, but I won't do it for. Uh, my, my wife and I said, no. I said, no, we're, we're, we're just not going to borrow money. Well, I like to know that the people that I would vote for would have that same perspective. Uh, see, I like the way we do it here in the state of Florida. And uh, they, they have this thing, what they call the, the governor gets to go turkey hunting and, he, and he's shooting the turkeys. And he can look down there in that budget and do a line item veto. And he could just take that turkey right out of there. But in the federal government, for some reason they can't do this. And and, uh, one of the presidents, and I'm thinking it was uh, George H. Bush, uh, got it passed, but then the Supreme Court threw it out. They could do that. But they... They clump these things up in these package deals when they pass these bills, and there's stuff in there. And I'm going, this is crazy. Because we just, you know, the, 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 the debt just keeps going higher and higher and higher. And you think, oh, what are we going to do I mean, with our children or our grandchildren? How, the, how are they going to deal with this? down the road because it just keeps getting greater and greater and and we're not making a dent in paying it off we're just putting it off and then we just keep pouring more and more and add more and more to it and so when I think about uh, somebody that I'm going to vote for and that has to do with the, with the Senate and the House and the, and the presidency what are you going to do about this debt when are we going to stop just spending and spending and spending and spending? Somewhere along the line, somebody's going to have to get a handle on this thing because it finally is going to get to the point to where it's going to be so upside down. It's just like the person who keeps trading the car in. And I, I know people like that. They just they just they get tired of a car or maybe if it uh, you know kind of costs a little bit. I get rid of that one. So they just go down and they just uh, uh, add add to the debt ceiling. Now they got a car that is worth uh, maybe twenty thousand dollars, but they owe fifty thousand dollars on it. And I'm going, man, that's that's craziness. That's that's madness. But yet, I know people who do it. And uh, I, I look at our country and I go, well, we're doing the same thing, and we're just selling out our our next generation, our generations. So as a pastor, 
And a person who sees it from the perspective of the church, this is not healthy. This is not healthy for the church. It's not healthy for our families. It's not healthy for our nation. So I look at these things and I say, okay, Mr. Politician, tell me about this. What are we going to do about this? Are we going to just keep on going the way we're going? Or are we going to make a change? And we're going to attack these things. Now, I, I would agree that having a healthy economy makes things go smoother. Because when you've got a healthy economy, then you have more income coming into the federal government. But the only problem with that is that when that starts happening, then that greases the skids of the spending. Instead of saying, okay, we're, we're, we're bringing in more money now, so let's put some of this money toward the debt. They said, no, 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 this is just more money to spend. Well, you know, the Bible says that uh, in this world, you got to have tribulation. And uh, tribulation is trouble. You gotta have trouble. You gotta have trouble in this world. We we know that. And uh, well, what do you do when you have trouble? Well, you pray. And uh, as I said before, that's that's what we do best in the church is we pray, and we pray for this great nation that we love, and that's why we're so passionate about it. <laughs> That's why we we get into the election so much. It's because we're so passionate about it. And I am. I'm very passionate about America and uh, the nation that uh, I wore the military uniform for. And, and uh, I, I'm, I'm passionate. And I want to see America prosper. And I want to see America be a, a, a nation that continues to lead the world and there for the world when times of, of distress were there. And this is the way America has always been. But if we're not strong, then how are we going to help others? And, uh, and I, I do believe this, that uh, strong churches are very much a part of a, of a great, strong nation, strong families. But I believe that families who know how to pray, and I'm going to just say this to dads and husbands. Do you pray for, with your wife? Please tell me you do. And if you don't, I want to know why. Why is that so difficult? My wife and I, we pray every morning before she goes to work, we pray for our meals. I don't have a bit of problem praying with my wife. And uh, you need to pray with your wife. You need to take one another's hands. And uh, you need to pray. We all need to pray. And we're going to pray right now. Father God, I pray for America. I pray for this nation. Father God, help us. Help us, Father God, in our decision making. Father, help us as we go forward. Lead and guide, O oh God. And Lord, let us always seek you and to serve you and to love you and to make the wonderful presence of God the center 
of our life. Father, we pray for Israel, the nation of Israel. We Father God, for the streets of Jerusalem that are up, it would be peace. And we give you glory and praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Until next Sunday morning, may the Lord bless you.